0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Pseudo Pseudoprofato, a podcast hosted by yours truly, a 20-something college student's best attempt at trying to make sense of personal chaos through a podcast functioning as cost-efficient, read as free, self-therapy. So if you read the title for this episode, um, you probably know that I'm going to talk a little bit about the MCAT and uh, my experience taking it this past summer. Um, So I guess it helps to provide a little bit more backstory about myself before we dive in. So I'm going into my senior year of college this fall in a life sciences major. Um, Like most of the students in my program, I had an interest working in the healthcare field, um, in particular pursuing a career in medicine. Um, I mean, I still had my reservations, I think, going into this program and whether or not I truly saw myself pursuing medicine. Um, I'll get into the details later. But considering that I had all the prereqs, and at the time wasn't sure what other career options I had post-grad that would interest me, I decided that I was going to go through with the process of taking the MCAT, which is the medical college admissions test. So the test scores are valid for a five-year period, so I figured that it would be best to take it when the material on the exam was most fresh in my head so that I can score the best score I was capable of, and you know, not rule out the potential chance of applying to med school if it was something I was set on within the next five years um, which at this point is something that would require pretty radical change um, in my life or some kind of realization but uh, again we'll get into the details later um, I also decided that I was going to take this exam without telling my parents about it um, I didn't want any extra expectations from them I didn't want them to prematurely rejoice because I still wasn't a hundred percent sure I wanted to pursue medicine anyways. Um, this was about one year ago when I made that, that decision. So anyways, fast forward one year. Um, I had my exam on August 8th, 2020. Um, hold on. I got to drink some water. So I had the exam at 6 30 in the morning and normally it starts at 8am, but, uh, this year, because of COVID, the exams were shortened to about 70 minutes per section, and there's four sections, um, instead of the usual 90 minutes per four section. Uh, per, per section. So there were three exam slots through the, throughout the day, one at 6.30 a.m., one around noon, and then one at 6.30 p.m. Um, my scores came out um, on August 25th, so that was a few days ago, or maybe a week or so ago. Um, And then I ended up with a score of 524, which is considered uh, within the 100th percentile. And I was very shocked. Um, I was in disbelief, really happy, obviously, um, and kind of relieved. Um, It was a lot of emotions. And I think one of the biggest reasons was because I had decided about two months ago that I no longer wanted to pursue medicine and have completely recharted my life plans. So in today's podcast episode, I'm going to cover everything that kind of went into this decision, as well as offer the limited bit of advice I can in terms of preparing to take the MCAT if any of you guys listening are planning to kind of go down that route. Um, But first, I will start off with the overall preparation stage. So I know that's kind of um, where the bulk of the work kind of comes into play. Um, first we can start off with resources. Um, there is a lot out there for MCAT prep. There's like courses that different places offer like Kaplan, I think has prep courses. Um, I've heard of other ones like, uh, Princeton review or the next step, uh, and probably some more that I don't even know of exist, uh, on top of just all the written and like textbook materials, uh, online Uh, practice exam materials, some that are paid for, others that are actually I don't even know if there's anything that's free out there to be honest for practice exams but yeah there's a lot of material and it's very easy to feel kind of overwhelmed so for me I started out by googling the most popular resources that people seem to use and seeing what people on reddit were kind of consistently recommending as well as asking a friend who had actually taken the MCAT last summer um side note this friend actually got accepted into med school this year so um they're gonna start they're actually doing orientation as we speak um, which is really exciting because um he instead of uh, needing to go back to finish off his bachelor's he was able to just move directly into the md program um yeah so very impressive um Anyway, so after doing that little bit of research and talking to that friend, I decided I was going to order the Kaplan 7 subject book. So the one that I use was their 2020 to 2021 edition. Um, I believe they come out with a new one every year. I don't know if there's a huge discrepancy between one year and the next. I would assume that there shouldn't be that many changes. Um, So, you know, getting an edition secondhand that's maybe one year older then your test date should be okay. Um, I don't think it's going to drastically affect your performance, especially when later on you'll be uh, doing the practice exams with like AAMC resources anyways, and those are pretty up to date. Um, So out of those seven subject um, book sets, there were, I think, okay, I'm just doing this off the top of my head from memory. So they had organic chemistry, general chemistry, biochemistry, biology, biology, Um, behavioral sciences as well as cars practice and math and physics Um, so that's seven books Um, for me I only did content review um, out of uh, five of them so the ones I didn't touch were behavioral science and cars Um, I didn't end up going to behavioral science uh, that book because my friend had mentioned it wasn't very thorough and there's other resources out there that are free and actually a lot better for preparing for the MCAT. Um, I also didn't use CARS because um, I just wanted to prepare by practicing with AAMC resources and actually reading passages uh, rather than reading about the strategy I was supposed to use because I just find um, reading comprehension is one of those skills that we've been learning ever since like uh, our earliest form of education when we were learning to read and write and so um, It's definitely going to be hard, I think, to rewire your brain to process and understand material differently. So for me, I was okay with my ability to um, read a dense piece of writing and make sense of it. So um, I would just use the foundation that I already have from, you know, however many years of education I've had, uh, rather than trying to, you know, within the span of two months or however long you spend on prep. Um, adopting the Kaplan strategy, um, and yeah, so I didn't end up using cars. Um, instead of using the Kaplan Behavioral Science book, I actually used a set of notes um, that were that some student took from Khan Academy's um, Behavioral Science modules online. Um, so they're like super condensed. I think they're about eighty pages long. It's somewhere on Reddit. It's it's out there on the internet somewhere. Um, so I used that one to kind of guide my studying, and I'd kind of skim through it, find areas where I wasn't familiar with, and take notes on that instead, and create my own extra condensed version. Um, you know, prior to taking the MCAT, I'd had experience taking two different psychology courses, so I learned a lot of stuff about like brain structure. Um, I was familiar with, like, neurons, and also um, some basic concepts in behavioral psychology so i didn't really um, spend too much time going through that document and i would just skip more and focus on the sociology aspect because i haven't taken any courses in sociology Um, so yeah there was that and um Khan Academy also offers uh, the modules online where you can do the quizzes after each section so I kind of had this like reverse learning mo- uh, model where instead of like reading through and watching the videos first, I would just jump straight into the quizzes and then try to work backwards. And if I didn't understand something, then I would try to look it up and read a little bit more about it. But if I was able to intuitively figure out what a certain term meant and I was able to answer the question, um, usually I would just kind of uh, let it be and not waste too much time digging in too deep. Um, Because I think a lot of it is just being able to recall certain concepts and understand what they mean. Um, So that was basically it. Um, When it came to working through the chemistry and biology and math, I would go over the chapter summary. Um, So after each chapter, there's like a really condensed kind of bullet point um, summary of the main content from that chapter. And what's really great about the design of Kaplan textbooks is that they have um, a breakdown by percentage of how much each chapter is worth in terms of its relevancy to the MCAT exam. So you can also, if you're on a time crunch and you don't have time to like go over everything super thoroughly, you can kind of prioritize what's a high yield content and spend more time reviewing those instead. Um, But yeah, so instead of reading every single word in the chapter, I would just first go to the review. And again, like I took a lot of the prerequisites already in my first three years of undergrad. So um, some of the concepts I was pretty familiar with, it was just like light review. And if I didn't understand something or it was super foreign, or it's just been a while since I've practiced using um, that type of concept, uh, I would then go back into the chapter and like dig a little bit deeper and read a little bit more about it. And I would take my own personal notes by hand um, so I had, like, two of those, like, what do you call it? The Hillroy notebooks or something um, with, like, three subjects each. Um, so I had, like, six subjects. Uh, I would take notes on all of them, try to make them as condensed as possible. I think i try to keep, like, one chapter's notes um, down to, at most, like, two pages double-sided. Um, some chapters I could fit on just, like, one one sheet of paper double-sided um because it just makes it a lot easier later when you're trying to review um i would use like a certain highlighter and color code um important terminology as well as formulas that i think will appear a lot and is worthy of memorizing for the mcat um yeah there's just like some stuff you have to be able to recall really quickly uh when it comes to doing calculations especially for the first section which is uh physical science and foundation section so after going through the chapter summary writing down my notes uh, i would also go through and skim the sidebars of the chapter so the sidebars um, they would always have things like mnemonics that could help you memorize certain things um like amino acids or i don't even know Um, but there's really helpful mnemonics um they would also give you a little bit tips about uh historically what's appeared on the mcat and what types of questions I'll usually ask and what it would look like um, and what you don't have to worry about um, which is really helpful Um, and then I would usually do one chapter from a given subject book each day um, and then I would just not do cars Um, so it was a five day routine um, using those five different subject books um, and then I planned on using the other Khan Academy condensed notes um, instead to substitute for the behavioral science section and uh, so that's basically the resource that I used um, in the content review stage Um, the other main resource that I highly recommend using and I think everyone across the board uses this is the um, AAMC uh, practice pack and full length um, practice tests Um, I use like the online it was like a full set that came for about $300 I think so you get um problem sets uh, a question bank um as well as four full length exams um three of which are scaled and scored like an actual MCAT and then one of them is uh not scored properly but you can there's like a conversion chart you can find on the internet so you can kind of estimate approximately what your final score would be Um, and I found it to be a pretty accurate, um, it ended up, yeah, being within, um, a pretty narrow range of what my actual score was on the MCAT. Um, let's see, what else did I write? Um, okay, yeah, so AAMC are definitely the best resources out there. Um, I, so my exam was in August, I bought it in May, and then I started working on it around end of June, July. And now that we've gone over all the resources I have used, um, I'm gonna jump into the routine. Um, So routine is when you gotta have the discipline to put in the hours um, to study and learn the material. Um, You can have all the best resources you want, but if you're not actually investing the time to make the most out of those resources, it's not gonna be reflected in your score, obviously. So I actually started thinking about um, preparing for this exam pretty early on, I would say. Um, I decided I wanted to take it like last August. I bought the Kaplan books at the end of the summer last year, um, but I didn't start working on them until January, so earlier this year. So, because I was like a full time student still, um what I would do is I would wake up and start studying around 6 or 6 30 in the morning before I had my ADM classes. Um, uh, or I, I think my classes either start at 8am or 9am depending on the day. Um, so I would try to get in like a chapter in the morning. Uh, sometimes I would do longer sessions, but just do it fewer times throughout the week, uh, depending on whatever was a better fit for my class schedule. Um, afternoons and evenings were reserved kind of for school related work. Um, I, I prefer to kind of section off my day that way and, and have that very distinct separation. Cause I think it's kind of overwhelming sometimes if you're like oh i need to fit in my mcat studying but i just had class and then like all the material that i just learned in class is like super confusing and i need to spend time reviewing immediately right after class and then it just becomes like conflicting so i try to always set aside mornings to do mcat related stuff and evenings right after class to review whatever i needed for my actual academic workload um and then i also did a few passages from exam crackers uh 101 they I would say they're a pretty useful resource. Um, I got mine from the library actually, and I think there's also some um, PDFs online that people have scanned, um, bless them all. Uh, so there, you can find it somewhere on the internet for free. So I kind of used that um, at first when I was just introducing myself to cars because I never really like understood what it entailed. I heard of its reputation to be very, very tough um, and, and, and um, rigorous, but I didn't know what to really expect. So I kind of use exam crackers as a way to kind of ease myself in. Um, I didn't end up using it very much uh, later on, but I think in the beginning it, it was kind of helpful. And if you have a lot of time to prepare it and you're maybe you're just not more confident in cars and you want more practice, um, then you know, by all means, I think exam crackers is a good alternative to get more um, practice in for those, reading those passages. Um, anyways, let's see, what else did I write? Um, hmm. Oh yeah, the other thing I wrote down that I wanted to mention is like with exam crackers, because they are like physical textbooks, um, you don't really get to mimic the actual exam setting. Um, so that's why I kind of weaned myself off of it by the end of my prep since the actual MCAT exam is written on the computers and it's really helpful if you know to use the keyboard shortcuts of highlighting and strike throughs um, when you're reading, especially on a very tight like timeline. Um, and because exam crackers were like physical books, you couldn't do that. So I think it's best to actually practice the way you'd wanna be performing on the day of and have the option to highlight the text as you're reading through. So I prefer digital resources. And in that case, AAMC was kind of the way to go for me. Um, I believe Khan Academy also does have some passages, but I've heard like things about how, uh, it's not as accurate compared or like, it's not as similar in difficulty compared to the actual MCAT. I'm, um, I haven't really used it that much to really be able to make a conclusion, but you can always check that out. It is an option and it's free. So basically I did this, um, starting in January and I was diligent about this routine for about two months and then midterms, um, COVID and moving back home hit and it was all a blur so I kind of had to put my MCAT studying on hold um, you know furthermore I'd originally planned to travel actually in May but now it was all cancelled so I had a lot more time to study than I originally planned for and so I didn't stress too much about the fact that I was putting my study on hold um, you know I started early on with the prep for MCAT to give myself that flexibility um, I didn't want to be cramming for this exam So by late April, um, I also found out that I lost the summer job I was supposed to work full-time in for July and August due to COVID. Um, they were no longer, uh, hiring or they were just no longer running the day camps. Um, so a lot of people were left kind of unemployed. So that meant I had even more time than I needed, um, to prepare for my exam. So at this point, um, I also recently learned that if I wanted to meet the entrance requirements for this master's of physical therapy program, I would need an additional gross anatomy course, which I didn't take in third year. So I last minute just had a, you know, since COVID hit and a lot of stuff aren't going as planned, I might as well just take an extra summer course online. Um, So I ended up enrolling in this gross anatomy course, which was actually um, really informative, really interesting, um, a lot of memorization, which is not my forte, but I pulled through and, um, yeah, so I did that summer course from May to, to the end of June. Um, I was pretty busy studying for that course, um, and kind of ended up further delaying my MCAT prep. Um, I was mainly, mainly just trying to finish up a few more chapters from each subject in the Kaplan books, um. I didn't really put too much pressure on me to like hit a certain target every day, but just trying to keep track of it um, throughout the eight weeks I was taking that online course, not to fall behind too much, uh, was kind of the gist. And then, um, yeah, so I think there were 12 chapters in total for every subject book in in the Kaplan sets. Um, So in total, um, I probably spent about 12 weeks covering all of the review. um, But Keep in mind that I wasn't investing a lot of time each day or each week studying. So I would say I probably spent 90 hours total going through all of the um, Kaplan content review. And I I didn't dig too deep on it. Um, I know for some people that might not come from science backgrounds, they'll need a little bit more time to process and understand the material. But luckily, uh, my program kind of prepared me pretty well for that. So yeah, um... That that ninety hour kind of estimation is based on the five subject books, um, with one and a half hours each week for each subject chapter. Um, multiply that by twelve weeks. I did the math. I think it's something like ninety hours. Um, some chapters I skimmed while others I spent longer on, depending on the content. Um, and then the psych portion of the MCAT, I had to dedicate a separate chunk of time going through Con Academy, Khan Academy material. But it didn't take too long either. Um, I did most of the learning for that section of the exam in the last five weeks leading up to the exam. And then uh, I also decided, I think in May or yeah, I think around May, I also decided to move my exam up by one week. So I gave myself a five week final sprint with AAMC resources and went through all the materials once. Um, so I what I would do in the five weeks, uh, after I finished my final exam for that online course, uh, starting in the last week of June, going into July, I would do one um, practice exam a week. So did a, one full length and I would do it the way um, you would write it on the actual exam day. So I'd have my snacks, I would not check my phone, I would um, time myself and have all the settings set the way it would be like on an actual exam. And take the breaks accordingly um, and then after each exam of the week I would review my answers um, and which ones I got wrong and that would take a really long time initially I would spread it over two days and kind of review two sections of the exam per day and I would spend maybe like six hours each day going through every single question um, writing down what I got wrong and trying to see where was the error in my reasoning that led me to the wrong answer and why the right answer is the right answer and ruling out all the other options so that when you see a question like that you're able to kind of reason your way through it um and then by the end of the five week you know review studying sprint i was able to kind of reduce that review time to about like half a day instead um because i was able to first of all, just make less mistakes, like score better, but also I was able to understand the reasoning behind something um, a lot faster, so like, you end up being a little bit more efficient with your uh, test review by the end. So there were four full-length um, practice exams that uh, the AAMC provides. So my first one, I scored a 511, um, so this was five weeks out from my exam, and then the second one, I scored a 509, so it was a little bit lower, and I was like, that's not okay, because you know, I should be improving my score not getting worse um so then I scored a 518 um on my third one and then um on my fourth one I scored a 520 um and it was in that order uh and depending on the exam I would score differently based on the section so it wasn't like I was consistently doing better in bio or or um consistently doing better in one area but lacking in another it would really just depend on which exam some exams were just harder in one section compared to another um, so yeah that was kind of my routine now I'm gonna kind of uh, talk about each section or the main sections of the exam that I kind of have like some advice on or comments about or what I struggled with um, so with cars which is notorious for being a super challenging section um, I think for me, what was most helpful was that you have to learn to reason the way that they want us to. So there's always certain patterns that will reappear. Um, And then there's also, they will classify a question as either reasoning beyond or within the text or um, as basic comprehension. So being able to understand what type of knowledge they're testing you on is kind of helpful. Um, And also I personally had a tendency to kind of overthink certain questions, but um, I think in order to arrive at the right answer, a lot of times it comes to being able to give a simple statement of I think the answer is C because of X, Y, and Z that is presented in the passage. If you're able to provide a very clear statement to justify an answer and have like empirical evidence, um, chances are that's probably the right answer and they don't require you to infer as much as i thought that they would and sometimes that just led me to the wrong answer because i was just overthinking um obviously it's different depending on the person um for me i also found that highlighting the first sentence of each paragraph uh was really helpful um not only when you're reading to just actively remind yourself like okay what is the main idea behind this paragraph that i'm about to read and also if you're like reviewing and, and um trying to answer the questions and if you need to quickly go revisit the text you can kind of locate certain ideas um, in the passage a lot faster. Um, I also found it helpful to highlight whenever a specific name um, or person or, um, or authority or institution or whoever was presenting a certain opinion um, if that name popped up I would highlight it because they are often referred to within the questions And it's helpful for you to figure out is this person's point of view aligned with the other person that they mentioned in the passage, or are they in opposition? Being able to define those relationships um, can make a huge difference in whether you choose the right or the opposite answer. Um, Let's see, yeah, so try to figure out if the views that they're presenting are in agreement or in opposition. The other thing about cars that makes it challenging is that you have to be very efficient. Pacing is super important. Um, You can't really afford to fall behind because then it will affect all your later passages as well Um, because everything is like its own discrete set of questions that relate to a certain passage. So you have to give yourself enough time to actually read the passage to begin with. Um, So I would say the standard is like give yourself... uh, 10 minutes per passage and each passage will have, I think like five to seven questions. Um, I find that spending longer on a passage doesn't necessarily improve the accuracy of your response. You kind of have to read it properly the first time around and know what to look out for um, in order to answer well. So I think practice is what's gonna help you most, um, being able to be attentive to those details and also be efficient while you're at it. Um, To just read more passages uh, you'll get more used to it. For me, I don't really use any particular CARS method um, that the different prep resources try to sell. So some advice I read about was how, um, you know, we have all been practicing to read and understand material since grade school. So, so we already have this innate ability to do it. It's just a matter of kind of fine-tuning that skill, but not completely abandoning your previous learning to learn something new um instead you know learn to draw attention to what are some fallacies in your reasoning to arrive at an answer um and I would also write everything down in uh, my notion desktop app and took screenshots of the um questions when I uh so I could look back on it when I was reviewing and pretend like I was kind of doing the questions again so that's kind of my advice for cars next is um physical sciences so this is kind of like the chemistry section, I think, um, and physics. So for me, um, I don't really have much to say about this. I think my little bit of advice is that it definitely helps to read the question first sometimes. I mean, the strategy might not work for everyone or it might not work for every question that appears on the MCAT, but for me, I definitely found it helpful to sometimes read the question first and see what they are looking for. Um, because there's oftentimes a lot of fluff material that you have to determine is this helpful or is this even relevant for answering the question and a lot of stuff you can actually ignore from the passage. So there's a lot of like distractor type of material. Um, so if you're able to first identify like what is the evidence that I'll need to like look at before I can determine what's the right answer, then that will like cut down a lot of time that you're gonna waste like trying to read the whole passage. So if you can find any concrete data and uh. A table of like numbers to support your answer most of the time you won't really even need to spend too much time reading further uh information which is just like general background information that's not relevant to answering the question so that's kind of my advice for um the ps section or physical science section um next the foundations of behavior or like psychology sociology section um My advice, so I wrote some notes down, I have it in my computer in front of me. Um, For me, I had taken, like I mentioned earlier, I had taken two psych electives prior, but no sociology courses. I personally really enjoyed learning about the sociology concepts. Um, So even though, you know, I was taking the MCAT for fun, I feel like I learned a lot. Um, You know, I learned about different concepts like social and cultural capital, the glass ceiling effect. Um role strain versus uh role conflict uh stereotype threat symbolic interactionism constructionism um so i thought that was actually pretty interesting uh i'm not saying that everyone should take the mcat for fun just to learn about sociology there are other ways to learn sociology concepts um that's something i really appreciated about that section of the exam uh for me again i just mainly did the khan academy quizzes and I would write down notes on only the concepts that were completely foreign to me, um, and just be able to differentiate between similar sounding terms. Um, If you are like passively reading the definitions, um, chances are you will get stumped on on the actual exam if they throw a lot of options at you that sound very similar. So you actually need to be able to pretend like you're explaining the definition to someone who's asking, You, for example, like, what is the difference between role strain and role conflict? Like, if you can't explain that to someone, um, then on the exam, you are definitely going to be more likely to get confused if they're thrown out as options for a question. Um, and yeah, that is basically all my advice for the individual sections. I didn't really talk much about bio. Oh, wait, I didn't talk about bio at all. Oh, I think for bio... Oh, yeah, yeah, I have it. I do have advice for bio that I wrote down. Um, for bio, I think practice uh, the question bank materials. I think this goes for all sections, but practice the question bank materials. I think those are like most consistent, uh, if not a little bit harder, I would say, than some of the full length exam questions. Um, but it just helps you get ready to, for challenges and get ready to know what to expect, um, be familiar with reading passages. Um, And for biology in particular, I always found drawing out the signaling pathways really helpful as you're reading the passage um, because you don't have to like dig through all that dense text again to figure out the relationships between certain molecules um, or certain proteins or whatever. You just have like a very simple visual roadmap. Um, I'm a very visual person, so I find that if you're able to draw a quick map that you can refer to when determining, say, if a particular gene either upregulates or downregulates a downstream product, and what the effect is on the body, is it an inhibitor or an activator? Um, it's really easy to accidentally miss one of the relations or uh, flip it. Let's like say it's supposed to be an activator, but then you um, read it too quickly or you skipped a part, and all of a sudden you thought it was an inhibitor. Then that will like completely change your final answer. So being able to draw out the map of how everything interacts with each other um, so that when you're trying to figure out the answer, it's like, it's so much more organized for you and uh, you're less likely to make the mistakes. Um, That's definitely really helpful. And another thing is definitely try to memorize your amino acid code early. Um, You do have to memorize like the single letter code as well. Um, Don't cram it um, and definitely, you know, practice the way you're gonna perform in that you try to use it from memory as you are learning um, when you're doing those practice questions, but like try to resist the urge to just quickly look up the amino acid table and pretend like you're actually taking the MCAT exam. Like what is that um, code for that certain amino acid? And it's okay getting a question wrong because you didn't look it up because I feel like sometimes that drills it into your brain a lot better than if you were to give up too soon and like ask for the answer too early um yeah and other advice you know try to simulate test day environment um in terms of what time you're waking up what time you're going to bed um what time you're going to start the exam um the food you're gonna eat um in between and uh for me i also another thing i use to kind of help with my preparation is the notion app like i mentioned not sponsored um but what's really helpful about it is that you can create custom tags on certain topic areas for later review and what i would do is tag them based on difficulty so that would help me prioritize what to review leading up to the final up uh, leading up to the mcat um try to resist the temptation to consult your notes when doing the practice questions on aamc treat all of it like the question bank materials the question packs even if it's not a full-length exam treat it like the actual exam like a discrete question from the exams. So you're not, um, you know, cheating from notes or whatever. Um, and using, like, what clues are you going to use with your limited amount of information to kind of narrow down your answer options? Because, you know, the truth of the matter is, like, you are going to encounter some questions, unless you just know everything, um, that you aren't familiar with, and you're going to have to guess, and you're not going to feel 100% confident in your answer. But there is a way for you to kind of reason and um, use the process of elimination to kind of pick the most likely correct answer. So practicing those skills of like uh, elimination is really helpful. And yeah, that is pretty much all the um, studying advice I would have um, in terms of, you know, leading up to the exam, uh, what type of routine, little tips and tricks Um, For me, I slept very early because I had an early exam. I woke up at 4.30 in the morning. I had oatmeal. Um, I also packed some fruit and fruit candy and granola bars. Um, I didn't want to pack anything that had too much fat in it because that tends to require more energy to digest. And also your brain runs on glucose. So you want something that is gonna immediately like, when you eat it, it's gonna give you that glucose surge in your blood and to your brain. And not make you extra sleepy because if you have to digest like proteins and stuff like that's really gonna slow your brain down a bit so I try to pack like simple sugars that would be easy to digest and could fuel me up really fast Um, for me I really wish I brought a watch like a wristwatch Um, even though you're technically not allowed to wear it into the exam room uh, it's really helpful to have when you're referencing time during your breaks because for us um, when we had our breaks, we could go back to our locker, we could grab our food and go out into the hallway, which is like the designated eating area. And the hallway didn't have a clock anywhere. Um, you're not allowed to access your phones, obviously. So um, I didn't know what time it was, or like how long I had already been on my break and the breaks are only 10 minutes long. Um, so you, you, know, you try not to go over time and stuff, uh, but because I was always paranoid that I was spending too long on my break, I would just end up not eating enough food and like quickly rushing back into the exam room to start my next section. And by the end of the, or like by the time I got to the fourth and final section of the MCAT, I was so hungry. My stomach was like making noises and you definitely don't want that to be distracting you from being able to focus on, you know, performing well Um, and don't want your brain to run out of energy to think and problem solve. So yeah, definitely... I think I could have probably eaten more food or uh I don't know given myself something that was a little bit more like nutrient dense um without making me sleepy of course um and also yeah kept track of time better so that I can actually maximize my breaks a little bit better um yeah and then what to expect I guess on exam day in terms of checking in the security measures that they have we did like a palm vein scan, so they'll scan your hands, they'll take a picture of you on exam day, um, they'll get your signature, they'll, uh, before you enter the exam room, if you wear glasses, you have to take your glasses off, they'll just check to make sure there's nothing kind of sketchy about them, um, you'll show them your pockets, roll up your sleeves, um, they'll check out, like, if you have any, like, jewelry or, like, necklaces or whatever, they'll they'll make sure it doesn't look shady, um, you're not allowed to wear, like, hats or headbands or anything like that. Um, what else are you not allowed to have? I remember. Like, the only thing you're allowed to really, like, walk in there with is your key to go to your locker and then one form of photo ID. So, don't forget to bring your driver's license or whatever photo ID you use on the day of. Um, for me, I was luckily pretty relaxed, I think, before my exam. Um, I... I think it kind of helped that it was so early in the morning, so your body isn't even, like, fully awake yet. Like, the sky outside is still dark and everything, and I kind of, like, bumped into some other um, people that were taking the exam, and we were all waiting outside the building trying to get in, so we kind of, like, chatted a bit and got to know each other and laughed and stuff, so I think that kind of helps, like, calm the nerves a bit. Um, And the day before the exam, I also made sure to, like, Not study, um, give myself that break mentally and physically. Um, well, actually, not physically, I guess. I mean, I exercise, so I think getting those endorphins, um, is really helpful, and then just chilling out the day before, um, and then also planning like a good post exam activity so that you have something to kind of motivate you, um, to you know get through that exam and look something to look forward to is really helpful for me. That would meant you know going home. And eating a big-ass meal because I was so hungry by the end of it and also watching um, my favorite K-drama. So that was kind of my little treat. Um, It's different for everyone, but yeah, you know, do take care of yourself. Um, Find some kind of activity that is fun to do afterwards because you deserve it. Um, But yeah, that was basically my whole MCAT experience. Um, Like I said, I did end up taking it for fun because by the time... Mid June came around, um, I had actually decided I didn't want to pursue medicine anymore. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that I also hadn't told my parents I was taking the MCAT, so I'd kind of kept it a secret for several months. And it wasn't until um, mid June when I told my mom, you no, it wasn't mid June. I told my mom about the exam in April um, when I still had the intention of taking it seriously. But then, um by the time mid june came, came around i i had changed my mind and that was when i told no actually mid june came around i changed my mind i kind of kept it to myself for a bit um and i just kind of realized that i don't really see myself pursuing a career in medicine for a lot of different reasons i guess the Smart, spark notes version of my reasoning is just that um i i feel like i'm someone who can burn out really easily um with my work that I do and um you know when it comes to something that's demanding as medicine, working those long hours, um, dealing with a lot of really stressful situations, having a lot of responsibility. Um, I feel like I would just feel burnout so intensely and it just wouldn't be healthy for me. I don't think in the long run I'm gonna be happy in the career. Um, and also I've always wanted to do something that was a little bit more creative. Um, Something that would kind of balance my interest in being both analytical and creative. And I just didn't feel like I was going to be completely satisfied within medicine. Um, I think there's also like different personality aspects where I don't feel like I'm the best fit. And because of that, I just decided um, I am going to pursue something else. And uh, I told my dad this like in late July. He still didn't know I was going to take the MCAT. But I told him like, yeah, so I'm taking the MCAT soon. But also just know to let you know I am taking it for fun so don't expect me to apply to med school or become a doctor like what every Asian parent seems to expect their kids to do um but it's just for fun so I kind of you know broke it to both my parents at that point um and yeah I think that they've both kind of accepted it as what it is um and my friends and my family have been you know supportive and um at the end of the day they just want me to be happy doing what I love and that's kind of really all you can ask for and it's it's um yeah I learned a lot this summer about myself I think all this time during quarantine has meant that there's just more time to reflect on what it is that I want out of life and what I see myself doing after I graduate next spring um and yeah that brings us to the end of this episode um thank you for tuning in um if any of you guys are out there taking the MCAT soon studying for it have exams coming up um I wish you the best good luck or if you're new to this um I hope that whatever a little bit of advice I could provide was helpful um and yeah that's it um I don't know when I'll be back for another podcast episode this this whole podcast thing is kind of just a fun hobby for me at this point and I've just decided to be a little bit more relaxed and casual about it. Less structure. Actually no, I'm pretty sure last last episode I said I was gonna give it more structure. Um I don't know. As you can see it's still um shifting and evolving with every day that passes. Um I'm not gonna put too much pressure on myself to make this podcast a very consistent thing. I feel like I'm just gonna do it when I Feel like it, and when I feel like there's something I want to share, um, I think that's just for the best. Um, so yeah, I start school, I start my senior year, like I said, um, in a week, less than a week actually. All my classes are online. They just announced that it's also going to be online for the second term. So my entire senior year is going to be online at this point, which I'm not mad about because I get more flexibility when it comes to managing my time, and I've always been just more of an introvert, anyways. So. I'm honestly, yeah, pretty satisfied with that. Um, I mean, it's definitely gonna be different and there's gonna be a period of adjustment. Um, A lot of the stuff that normally we're supposed to do as senior students, we're not able to do because of COVID, but that's okay, Um, it definitely could be worse. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. Um, But yeah, I'm going to Probably get really really busy with school and all the extracurricular stuff that I'm doing this fall term, um, because it is my senior year. I try to like um, find more ways to be involved in the student community and and um, hopefully meet new people virtually um, and make it the best a year of my undergrad as I can. Uh, that's the like idealist part of me. Um, I feel like after all this time, I've just had more clarity about what I want for my future. And because of that, I just feel like, um, happier, I guess. Yeah. Uh, And hopefully that will kind of translate into my studies. Um, I think the next time I post an episode, it might just be at the end of 2020. I mean, what a year it's already been, but, um, I will see you then. Um, yeah. And thanks for listening. Bye.